right? Our family found ourselves back in the book of Jude today. I know we said we were going to start John. Yeah, we said that we were going to start John. But this is where our plans have changed. The Lord gave me something else when I was reading Jude again this morning because the kids wanted to read through. They're just Lily had been bugging me so much, and we just read through John because we just recorded all of them. They're they're still on. You know, you can yeah, we went through all the letters, just not that long. Yeah, and so, but Lily wanted to go through them again, and through the Johns, and then we wound up determined. Yeah, she wouldn't leave me alone with it. so. So how do you not? And then this morning we did Jude, and it just kind of, the Lord slapped me in the face with it, too, after this past week of podcasts that have come out, and this next week, too. (laughs) This will give you a preview. Actually, this is probably a good, let's, I'll make sure and have this out before those other ones go out. Oh, yeah, this is going out Monday, Okay, and then Tuesday and Thursday will be the podcast. Okay, so this will actually be a good one to come out before the other ones come out because mm-hmm. there's some pretty harsh ones god's timing of course and all of this just makes it perfect so i think going over the book of jude again is going to be very beneficial for what's going to be coming out soon um so again i hate to be repetitive and i know we just went through it and well heck if i know we have a lot of new people too so if you haven't listened to it well then we'll just have a brand new one here but Go ahead and take a minute to pray before we start. Take a prayer for the little Brandonism fan club. And of course, if there's anything at all that we can do for any one of you, if there are questions you have, concerns you have, prayers you need, counsel you're looking for, whatever it might possibly be, please don't hesitate to reach out. Um, you can email us, you can comment, you can do whatever. Brandon literally spends all day just responding to things and counseling and praying with people. And also, new future, but if you go to aphomechurch.com, we added a little chat box on there. Yep. So if you ever just want to reach out, you have a question, you're not sure, you're confused, you don't understand us, whatever it might ever possibly be, um, something's going on that you just need someone to talk to, you can always hop on there um, or email us, you know, whatever's best for you. But we did yeah, add that way, feature Yeah, whatever way, we went ahead there. and I saw it on um, a couple websites that I watched that they did it. They had an awesome idea and I'm like, that is a great idea for somebody to be available 24 7 on a church website Mm -hmm. for anybody in the world to come Mm -hmm. to and say hey i need a prayer i need to talk i need anything yep i thought it was genius and i think some of these ways of reaching people and spreading the gospel need to be um done it through you know through the internet and like you know because not everybody can not everybody can get out uh, and do these things and there's there's a large group of people that desire fellowship but for whatever reason they aren't able to get out or or to be counseled or helped so Mm -hmm. i think filling that gap with um i think this is one way that the tool of the internet and social media can be used for a tool of good Mm -hmm. we see it consistently being used for a tool for evil Uh, i was just sharing an article with you this morning about that but anyway um before we go uh, i guess give you a little bit of background on on this book first it was written by jude this is jesus's brother he identifies himself as brother of james but not the brother of christ Mm -hmm. which is done in complete humility and respect Mm -hmm. um 
this is this is the same brothers that did not believe in Jesus, they, who he was, uh, until after the resurrection, because neither of his brothers are actually listed as his apostles, which you would assume that maybe, you know. But yet his brothers go but on to be Yet his him. brothers go on to be very, we know that James was a leader in the Jerusalem church. He was very respected in that way, and we know that Jude the same way. Um, so this is this is likely writ, written from um, either Jerusalem or maybe Galilee. It just depends. This was pre-temple destruction, so late 60s probably, though. So right before the temple destruction, you can kind of tell because Jude uses very, very... You can tell the the audience that he's talking to would is Jewish and Jewish Christians and Gentiles as well because he addresses everybody. But he he the way that he says things are way that uh, Jews would have just understood them. Um, and I'll point that out as we go into it to show that. But this one, Jude had no real clear target here of of audience because we have you know paul we have specific you know paul's letter to the romans paul's letter to timothy you know to tie these these letters were just kind of general open letters obviously they were two groups of christian believers in israel in jerusalem at the time so this would have they they know who they are and you know but this is obviously a open letter though to all christians across he starts All calling time. stuff out, and you're like, whoa. Yeah, no, <laughs> he's, dead. I mean, Jude, this is one of those books where Jude is speaking to us. Jude, through the Spirit, is speaking directly to you and me today. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, I, as most of the Bible does, but it's interesting when you have somebody that's writing a letter, and you say, okay, well, this letter was written directly to me to warn me. Yeah. So it was It was interesting, Jude had his his one opportunity and he didn't know this at the time he had no idea that this was but he had his one opportunity to have his his shining moment in the bible in the canon of the bible and his whole letter he won and he admits here in the first little bit that his whole letter that he wanted to discuss how great our salvation is and 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 how wonderful everything is but that's not what I get to talk about because there is false and he has a sense of urgency and freaking out like oh crap this is these these false teachers are infiltrating the church and this is I mean this is early you know this is this is very very early um you know it, it did not take long at all for these people to start worming trickling their way in well you look at like the kenneth copelands and the well, stuff of today and it's like oh gosh this is they started from the very beginning so jude saw this and wrote this to these believers using his whole letter to warn them mm-hmm. of false teaching how to identify it and how to handle it very clear instruction. Okay, which is going to be, I repeat, very, very important for the podcasts that are going to be coming out later this week. Because I call one person out directly by name. But through this letter right here, I will show you exactly why mm-hmm. I did that. 
and why I'm completely comfortable with it and why all of us Christians need to do this within and defend the faith. So with all that, all right, verse 1, this letter is from Jude, a slave of Jesus Christ and a brother of James. I'm writing to all who have been called by God the Father who loves you and keeps you safe in the care of Jesus Christ. I'm using NLT again for this one. Yeah, yeah the NLT translation for this one. Was well, going to do ESV, but I decided that I think this will be a little bit better for everybody to just kind of understand using the NLT. Verse 2. May God give you more and more mercy, peace, and love. And just, are you going to read the tag? Yeah, I was. Okay. I was gonna, <laughs> Sorry, that's just what I was going to read. I was going to say, if you're, uh, I don't know what it says in everybody's Bibles, but, you know, usually the little entry here. The danger of false teachers. All right, verse 3. Dear friends, that would be uh, you and me, Christians, us. I had been eagerly planning to write to you about the salvation we all share. But now I find that I must write about something else, urging you to defend the faith that God has entrusted once for all time to his holy people. Okay, that's a key phrase. Use red to highlight that one. Okay. Defend the faith that God has entrusted to us. Take this seriously. And when you see somebody not taking it seriously, that is a serious violation. Verse 4. I say this because some ungodly people have wormed their way into your churches, saying that God's marvelous grace allows us to live immoral lives. The condemnation of such people was recorded long ago, for they have denied our only Master and Lord, Jesus Christ. All right, there you go again. Highlight, saying that God's marvelous grace allows us to live immoral lives. Remember that one. And ungodly people. And worm the way into the church they wormed they they look right they sound right they're in church. they didn't come in obviously they wormed their way in you didn't notice and now we are absolutely plagued with them they're all over the place the unfortunate part of social media, the, the tool of the devil part of it, is that this is stuff is everywhere. And there's no short of documentaries and, and opinion piece in everything that you can find justifying these things. They look good. They sure. sound good. They've got churches. But the condemnation of such people was recorded long ago. Like, this was talked about and written about long time ago. God, you know, we knew this is going to happen and we knew that this is going to continue to happen. And Jude is saying that they have denied Christ by their teachings. So verse 5. So I want to remind you, though you already know these things, that Jesus first rescued the nations of Israel from Egypt. 
but later he destroyed those who did not remain faithful. Yeah, Jesus rescued them from Egypt. So this is identifying Jesus in the Old Testament. People go, well, where, where do you, where's Jesus in the Old Testament? Everywhere? Mm -hmm. In everything? I mean, he identifies him here as the one that r rescued them from Egypt. So go back, read the Passover story, read in Exodus, yeah, read all that. That was Jesus. Jesus. Yep. But this also is where I was saying earlier that he was writing to the Jewish audience, mm -hmm. so they would have known okay. all of this. This is why, and he continues to go on here in the the next verse that he on in verse six here that he that he says is that uh, angels who did not stay within the limits of authority, and I'll go ahead and, and read them. But this is these are the Nephilims. These are the their daddies. Their daddies. Their fallen angels mm -hmm. that were fallen from the beginning genesis 6 right yep yeah the group of really 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 bad angels um then the, the non-canonical book of enoch mm -hmm. which actually describes that the fall which is actually fascinating to read um jude actually goes on to even quote directly out of the first book of enoch mm -hmm. Uh, in this and this is all Jewish oral uh, tradition in in, in these well, yeah. stories and stuff and he brings up another one too when he um, the disputing with the devil with Moses's body that was another Jewish oral tradition that was not part of but the Jews knew all of these things yep. but going back to the the fallen angels at first uh, that account is in Enoch and it's really a cool story to read. We can't, you know, you have to read Enoch kind of with an open mind. Uh, it's it's most likely been um, added to, and well, I mean, we know it's been added to, and that's very, very dangerous. But there's also an identification, too, here of this being a, you know, a... Um, a written you know account of it because he said that Enoch prophesied something and, and trustworthy very rarely very rarely in the Old Testament did you have a prophet that prophesied and didn't write it down and yeah. you didn't have an account of it mm -hmm. so anyway uh, it's it's a it's a neat account and it, it talks about that but that's one of those moments when you first start reading the Bible and you're like Oh, the Bible's lame. No, like you. No, it's not. You read past that, and you're like, "Wait a minute, what did I just read?" Yeah. You just said that angels rebelled against God, and they like had sex with women, and created and created big giants. Yeah. You, what? That was like that's one of those things. That you're like, come again. I never got taught this. I don't remember this somebody part. Expand upon that because can somebody talk about this? Yeah. Because this sounds crazy. This sounds nuts. Like you're watching some Marvel movie. Yeah, it does. Like, yeah. you know, and then you realize you're like, wow. <laughs> that really That's, did happen. That really did happen. And they're demons. And this is uh, this is where all these, the reason why he's bringing it up is because this is where these false teaching actually originate from. These, these are these demonic teaching, these mm -hmm. fallen teachings that rebelled against God. Yep. But they're not stupid they're smart you're stupid i'm stupid 
they're smart. Yeah. They know how to get in and they know how to pull people. And it's very, very difficult to identify them if you're not truly rooted in the word. But we can see the things that they're saying is by God's marvelous grace that allows us to live immoral lives. What do you think that that means? Well, I think it sounds a lot like uh, an all-inclusive Jesus, uh, not judging anyone, of everybody doing LGBTQ what they Christians. Yeah. That type of statement. Fornicating Christians, drunken Christians. Exactly. It's not just sexually immoral I, the, Christians. The reason why I said specifically the LGBTQ was because it was a specific post that a professing Christian author, famous speaker, speaker Thursday's uh, podcast. Yeah, you you guys will hear it. Um, guy reading go over the whole thing, and it is straight out of this. Mm-hmm. This is she is saying that God's allows us to live this type of life, and that we must accept this. Mm-hmm. This is not acceptable in Christianity. This is something that you re- that you repent and turn from. Yep. Not inside. I'm not judging the world here. I'm not mm-hmm. saying this to the world. I'm not saying that these people shouldn't be treated with love, kindness, and respect like it's every other human being on yep. the planet. But there's a faith to be guarded here, and there's a you should have that that the spirit won't allow you to just let it be trampled on like that so you have to start asking yourself these questions do i have the spirit if i'm believing these things and i'm listening to these things and these things do no because these teachers are straight demonic that have wormed their way in to pervert this faith Mm -hmm. All right, verse 6, is that where I let off? Yeah. All right, uh, verse 6. And I remind you of the angels who did not stay within the limits of authority God gave them, but left the place where they belonged. God has them kept securely chained in prisons of darkness, waiting for the great day of judgment. And don't forget Sodom and Gomorrah and their neighboring towns, which were filled with immorality and every kind of sexual perversion. Those cities were destroyed by fire and serve as a warning of the eternal fire of God's judgment. Okay, The eternal fire of God's judgment with a city that was full of every kind of sexual perversion. No, this isn't just the LGBT, you know, whatever. This is all types of fornication that we have. I said this dude that has a girlfriend in church that he's sleeping with, that's as much of a problem is the gay guy claiming Completely. like you know if you know i'll go uh, i don't know I, I really don't know how the it's up to the lord to judge those but it just if i were to say to somebody that claims to be an lgbtq christian or whatever it is um that and they think that their lifestyle is okay and they think that they can be active in that acclaiming christian let's say you do not know god you you do not know christ 
you are not a Christian because the Spirit would not let you live that type of lifestyle. If you truly had the Holy Spirit, you would not be allowed. It would not allow you to keep sinning like that. Doesn't mean that you won't fall. It does. It just will not let you be stuck in that sin. So there's there's no way. And it, it's tough because I almost look at somebody that would be I'd, I'd I'd have to say somebody that would think that it's okay to sleep with their boyfriend and not get married and have a you know a, a relationship like that. The spirit will not let you live that type of. They would convict you because marriage is extremely serious in the bible it is where is marriage spoken about everywhere because marriage is the example of the church and how christ feels about the church so when you're when you have that i mean that is you can't do that so i i, I you know i like i said i'm not i'm not the final judge but if we're going to turn and say and tell somebody that's a, that claims to be a gay Christian that they're not a Christian and they don't know God well somebody that's fornicated why wouldn't you point that finger at that same person we have to hold ourselves to the same standard here go read First John it makes it really clear so it, the, the spirit I mean I, I don't care what and I, I speak like I, I always speak on these things from personal experience why am I so harsh on this well because i was full of every kind of sexual perversion we i mean myself like i've i've got a list of things and people i a mile long and what qualified my past i mean you and i have been i mean that we're no more quality we're the perfect qualification of this and you can't do it. Nobody came to us when we were younger and said, hey, you can't do that. It was like, you kind of knew that you weren't supposed to, but you didn't really care. You didn't understand the weight of it. Mm -hmm. You had no idea. But if we didn't know the weight of it at that age, that was the church's problem. I mean, God's pretty, pretty crystal clear when he says that we need to teach these things to our children so that they truly understand it i didn't understand it i mean you're just like yeah whatever it's something that old christian people say <laughs> you know you don't really that's all you don't that's all you care about you don't understand the weight of it so you know, that's what qualifies me to say these types of harsh things. Had I have been caught, had the Lord returned and we had been caught in, in <laughs> this type of... I have no idea what would have happened. I and I don't want to know. <clears throat> because I look back at that time and I say, I didn't know God. I lived under God's grace and mercy during that full time. You, But you don't know how, like, you don't know when your time runs out on that. You don't know. Because death could come first, mm -hmm. or the Lord could come. Mm -hmm. So you can't, you can't do those things. All right. Verse. No, we just did six. Eight. Eight. Mm -hmm. <laughs> two verses. In the same way, these people who claim authority from their dreams live immoral lives, 
defy authority and scoff at supernatural beings um, who claim authority from their dreams, live immoral lives, defy authority and scoff at supernatural beings, defy authority. Okay, this isn't just like you don't obey the police. Yeah. Okay. This is defy the authority of the scripture mm -hmm. off of a general understanding of scripture. There's a quote. <laughs> Again, I reference the Instagram uh, post that I do the podcast on. There's a clear defile of authority there. It's clear. And what she's doing is she's defying authority, saying that you can live immoral lives, that we must change this, this authority that's already been so we can live these immoral lives. Verse 9, but even Michael, one of the mightiest of the angels, did not dare accuse the devil of blasphemy, but simply said, the Lord rebuke you. This took place when Michael was arguing with the devil about Moses' body. I would love to know more about that story. Yeah. <laughs> like that's the non, only little quip we non have about it. I'm story, like, what? <laughs> we don't have any idea about it, but I would... Expand on that? The kids asked me this morning what, why Satan would have wanted Moses' body, and I answered it probably because he wanted it so he could make people worship it, the bones. Mm -hmm. That would that was just my like immediate Ooh, answer guess. Extract the DNA. But actually, I need to study that because I know there's probably they're surviving Jewish tradition in that story, and I'm sure there's some really cool reasoning for it too. But I'll have to read it. I bet you have something remember. to do with the DNA. That's where they're getting everybody to swap. I feel like shows. I looked into it once, but I don't know. I don't. You read a lot of things. I do. It's so hard to retain that much information. All right. Verse 10. But these people scoff at things they do not understand. Like unthinking animals, they do whatever their instincts tell them. And so they bring about their own destruction. Whatever their instincts tell them. It's funny, though, when we read this this morning, you're like, oh, that's not very nice. Why would you talk like that about someone else? Yeah, I was like, oh, like, that's not everybody very Christian-like. You know, that's, oh, that was our That sounds very judgy. But the Who Are You to Judge podcast we did this past <laughs> week, you know, that's the first thing whenever you call out against these false teachers, these false things, people, well, who are you? Who made you the judge? We're not to judge. What are you doing? No, no, no. I'm not condemning anyone. I'm just calling it what it is in light of Scripture. And so when you read what Jude is saying here... He called them unthinking animals, you know, and bringing about their own destruction. Unthinking like, animals that do whatever their instincts tell them, their animal instincts, whatever they do. So in today's yeah. attitudes, gosh, Jude, who are you to judge? How are you to, you're supposed to be all love. How dare you talk about yeah, a fellow believer like that? That doesn't like sound that. like my Jesus. Mm -hmm. He's like, yeah, well, this is my brother, so... Um, <laughs> Verse 11. Mm -hmm. Let's see, this is the thing. And remember, this is about these false teachers. So yes. what is he saying? Verse 11 here. What sorrow awaits them? For they follow in the footsteps of Cain, who killed his brother. Like Balaam, they deceive people for money. And like Korah, they perish in their rebellion. He literally just referred to them as murderers. Mm-hmm. 
He just says what sorrow awaits them. They follow in the footsteps of Cain. Yeah, that's bad. That's bad because he killed his brother mm -hmm. because he was selfish and hated God. He knew God too. Verse 12. When these people eat with you in your fellowship meals commemorating the Lord's love, they are like dangerous reaps that can shipwreck you. So note, they are in attendance at the fellowship mills commemorating the Lord's love. <laughs> well, and the fact that, that we associate, this is an association verse. So a lot of times, Francis Chan, I'll call him out. I completely disagree with him. Even from, he responded to this on everything, and I don't care. I don't accept his response. No, absolutely not. You do not I cannot imagine any of the apostles going and standing up with false teachers yeah. just to try to win a crowd yeah, you and associating themselves with, teacher, yeah. with these teachers. It wasn't like Paul was just waiting in line. He's like, okay, so there's one false teacher. And then, no, even if there was, Paul would be calling out the false teacher before he'd be preaching. Mm -hmm. So what do you, what do you even say? Like you, you should be doing that first. And like Francis Chan just did that, you know, he, he, and his response was he was associated and he's been, this is not the first time I told you he's been at IHOP. He has done stuff with Todd White, the, and which is what I'm referring to. And that he responded to is because of all the heat that he got from Todd White, you know, you've seen Todd White. I mean, he is a scary heretic. I mean, scary. These are the people that believe that Jesus Christ himself appears to them and talks to them and gives them revelation. Yeah. Okay? This this faith healing and this teaching that they're this is demonic and it's from demons. And it's it oh my gosh, it's it's terrifying. But Francis Chan, who is well known pastor, very, very theologically sound pastor. He's a graduate of Masters Seminary brilliant and, and, and great teacher but he has just I I pray for him because he has just completely left the right path and and gone and aligned with himself yeah. with these and he's and he's doing it under the banner of just it's it's it doesn't hold any weight and like that, that's what this point is here is it's saying that these people are in your churches and they're with you you're associating with them but they're like dangerous reefs that can shipwreck you. What do you think that that means? You can't see a reef, right? All of a sudden you're going along sailing great and then boom, you crash into a reef and you're sinking. That's because these things are are going great, everything sounds wonderful, everything, but these these teachings can kill you. They can lead you down a path that you don't want to go. They're like shameless shepherds who care only for themselves. They're like clouds blowing over the land without giving any rain. They're like trees in autumn that are doubly dead, for they bear no fruit and have been pulled up by the roots. Shameless shepherds, they're like clouds blowing over the land without rain. They care only for themselves. If you notice, a lot of these teachings, including the person that I call out, are self-motivational mm -hmm. it's an idol of self mm -hmm. they care they slap jesus on it they slap jesus on it they care only for themselves mm -hmm. because they're selling self mm -hmm. 
They're selling it. They're selling, and, and self is the most demonic teaching. Yep. I think, I mean, that's the easiest way the devil tricks that's what Satan the majority of people. That's what Satan started in the garden, yeah. So. That's where he gets you. 13. They're like wild waves of the sea churning up the foam of their shameful deeds. They're like wandering stars doomed forever to blackest darkness. What are wandering stars most likely planets that sh we don't see planets in every single all the planets in every single season so somebody that's aligning and in going by the stars and, and navigating through the stars and a wandering star pops up there that's a planet it looks like a star it's not you're going in the complete wrong direction again it's hidden you can't it, it it's it's so hard to see because it sounds great. Verse 14, Enoch, who lived in the seventh generation after Adam, prophesied about these people. He said, listen, the Lord is coming with countless thousands of his holy ones to execute judgment on the people of the world. He will convict every person of the ungodly things they have done and for all the insults that ungodly sinners have spoken against him. Okay, Jude right here is talking about, well, loosely, he's quoting Enoch talking about the rapture of the church. Oh, well, the rapture, the second, I'm sorry, not the rapture, but the second coming. Because we have already gone up and the countless holy ones are the Christians that had been taken in the rapture of the church. But he's coming to execute judgment on the people of the world. And it was these people, these teachers, these types of false teachers that his judgment along with the world is coming upon. These people are gr grumblers and complainers living only to satisfy their desires. They brag loudly about themselves and they flatter others to get what they want. All right, I won't stop there. Verse 17. But you, my dear friends, but you, always pay attention to that. Circle that. But you, my dear friends, must remember what the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ predicted. They told you that in the last times there would be scoffers, those, who, those whose purpose in life is to satisfy their ungodly desires. These people are the ones who are creating divisions among you. They follow their natural instincts because they do not have God's spirit in them. These teachers are following natural instincts because they don't have their they don't have the spirit in them. So these teachers are promoting this this self-empowerment and and that's the type of result that this that that person void of the spirit has, because it's person with the spirit that is that is preaching the word definitely isn't self empowering. Definitely not. And these are the ones that are creating division. Because we have to start this brand new way of Christianity, this brand new way of accepting things and doing things. And we got to get away from the old way and get away from tradition. It's a lie and it's demonic. Verse 20, but you, again, 
Dear friends, must build each other up in your most holy faith. Pray in the power of the Holy Spirit and await the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ who will bring you eternal life. In this way you will cast you will keep yourself safe in God's love. And you must show mercy to those whose faith is wavering. Rescue others by snatching them from the flames of judgment. Show mercy to still others, but do so with great caution, hating the sins that contaminate their lives. So this is that that doesn't sound really Christian or or really, you know, non judgmental our modern idea of christian all inclusive god is love love all because rescue them by snatching from them from the flames of judgment oh he just cast he just said somebody's going to hell yeah and i'm judging based off of your spiritual fruit and actions what you're doing and i'm going to call you out because i want to snatch you from the danger that you are quite literally playing with sure show mercy to still others sure we show mercy definitely to the to to the outside world to these sinners we show we show love and mercy to these people that's who we show our love and mercy to so they will come to the true knowledge of Jesus Christ what the true knowledge of Jesus Christ is does not include what they are currently doing no. that is not a true knowledge of Christ and we have to keep every single what does he say he says hate the garment I'm sorry, did he say garment or am I going ESV here? You're going ESV. I'm going ESV, I'm sorry. But do so with great, hating the sin that contaminate their lives. But there in 23, that's the Greek, with fear, hating even the clothing stained by the flesh. Correct. Is what you were going. Correct. That, yeah, and it was all, yeah, because that's the ESV and the NASB are, are a lot closer to the Greek translation there, so they would have said it's, in, it's garment in there. But, uh, Either way, hating every piece of that sin, mm -hmm. and that stays out. That's not that, that doesn't come in. Mm -mm. We show mercy to those on the outside. Yes, we love these people, and we and we pray for these people, and we go and we preach the gospel to these people. Absolutely, but no, they don't get to. This is not this is not all inclusive that their active sin can be a part of our faith it's it doesn't work that way you can't do it and verse 24 now all glory to god who is able to keep you from falling away and will bring you with great joy into his glorious presence without a single fault all glory to him who who alone is god our Savior through Jesus Christ our Lord. All glory, majesty, power, and authority are his before all time and in the present and beyond all time. Amen. Amen. Okay. There is absolutely nothing in that book that's like, hey, you know what? We should go easy on them. Just start off real nice. Well, you know, we just, you, you know, we got to be nice. We don't want to scare them away. We got our, our job is to win souls, not to, not to scare them away. No, your priorities are completely out of line with this. You're right. We do want people to be saved. But we can't compromise our faith 
to save these people. No. That's what the seeker sensitive movement has tried to do, exactly. which that's the that's the the very very light version of heresy. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's you know, it it's borderline. It's well, it's not borderline. It's it's I think that the the seeker sensitive movement with just asking Jesus to come into your heart is the one of the biggest problems in the church that we've had today that creates this just that creates this type of thing that that and makes that's this why okay. Now we're so ripe with this. I mean, yeah, this is every church you could stand outside and throw a stone at. This is what you'd hit. Again, I know for me, I I didn't understand any of this, and the church never tried to separate this never tried to talk about the seriousness of this never tried to come at it from a manner that was like hey can't do that sorry no but when then but also i want to remind people too for what's coming up this week that there is absolutely no mercy from the flames and the fire of judgment. No. So I don't understand how these people have been able to just thrive and just become such a huge compromise in our faith. I mean, it, it says in the beginning they wormed their way in, but wow. I mean, this is intertangled everywhere. I got sent a message yesterday or day before yesterday with these teachers being brought up in worship services in church. Mm-hmm. Like, are you kidding? Like, you know, at a normal, you know, this isn't some charismatic, crazy church. This is some normal, regular oh church. And I'm like, are you kidding me? How? How can you even? I mean, even, you know, I, I don't know. Even John Christ, who I think is really, really funny. Um, but at the same time, like, I was noticing, like, some of his associations. And I'm like, a lot of these people that you're you call out, on your little funny things that you do like i'm starting to like are you making a joke of christianity because you're starting to kind of associate yourself with these ideas and with these people and i'm just like wow this is even in you know um just just our you know almost orthodox circles Mm -hmm. not saying that john christ is anywhere in an orthodox circle but what i'm saying is is that usually his comedy is focused towards orthodox christianity right because it's you know it's just pointing out the funny things of orthodox christianity but looking at that i was just like wow but this is kind of making somewhat of a mockery of it so this this can't be good in the in the long run because one thing just leads to another that just kind of leads you into these false teaching and false beliefs so we have to you know we can't the reefs that will ship yeah we can't (laughs) We can't seek to overthrow the world, you know, and overthrow Rome here and demand our laws and our our way of life inside of the world. But we have a duty to guard the faith. Yep. And uh, command. So. 
that's what Brandon will be talking about for basically that's, the next couple weeks. Yep. So get prepared. Or I'm, I'm talking to myself when I say that. <laughs> and then maybe tomorrow we'll get into John, you think? Yeah. Next? Sorry. Lord willing. Hopefully. Yeah. We Lord willing. Thank you guys so much for hanging out with us. Hopefully, I think it's amazing that we ended up being in Jude, considering what we have coming up this week as far as Yeah, podcasts. it's perfect timing. God's perfect will, timing. of course. Yep. All right, guys. Thanks for hanging out with us.